1: Welcome to the Medical Facilities Corporation 2020 fourth Quarter Results Conference Call. After management's remarks, this call will include a question-and-answer session, whereby qualified equity analysts will be permitted to ask questions. Before turning the call over to management, listeners are reminded that certain statements made in today's call, including responses to questions, may contain forward-looking statements within the meaning of the safe harbor provisions of Canadian provincial securities laws. Forward-looking statements involve risks and uncertainties, and undue reliance should not be placed on such statements. Certain material factors or assumptions are applied in making forward-looking statements, and actual results may differ materially from those expressed or implied in such statements. For additional information about factors that may cause actual results to differ materially from expectations, and about material factors or assumptions applied in making forward-looking statements, please consult the MD&A For this quarter, the risk factors section of the annual information form and medical facilities other filings with Canadian securities regulators. Medical facilities does not undertake to update any forward-looking statements. Such statements speak only as of the date made. Please note that today's call is being broadcast live over the Internet and the webcast will be available for replay beginning approximately one hour following the completion of the call. Details of how to access the webcast replay are available in this morning's news release announcing the company's financial results. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Rob Horar, President and CEO of Medical Facilities. Please go ahead, Mr. Horar. Thank
2: you, Chris. Good morning and welcome to our fourth quarter 2020 earnings call. Joining me today is David Watson, our Chief Financial Officer. Earlier this morning, we released our fourth quarter in year-end results. Our news release, financial statements, and MD&A are available on our website and have been filed with CEDAR. I would like to start by expressing my gratitude to our physician partners and all of our healthcare associates who continue to deliver outstanding care to patients each and every day. We are incredibly proud of how well they managed the challenges of this past year. There are a few key takeaways that I will cover in my remarks today. First, our case volumes continue to recover and are closer to pre-COVID levels. Second, we continue to benefit from decisions we made both prior to and during the pandemic. And third, we are well positioned to capitalize on market opportunities as the recovery continues. 2020 got off to a strong start. However, by the second half of March, COVID-19 had begun to surge. As a result, stay-at-home orders and temporary secession of elective cases were implemented, which had a material impact on our business most significantly in April and May. The third quarter saw a dramatic rebound in case volumes and volumes continued to normalize throughout the fourth quarter, despite the higher prevalence of COVID-19 across the United States. Notably, hospital surgical case volume dropped to 36% of the prior year in April, but rebounded to 94% in the fourth quarter. Despite the improvement, however, COVID continued to impact our volumes during the fourth quarter as some patients deferred care. The second quarter drop in cases and the following recovery was even more dramatic in our ambulatory surgery centers. Last April, our ASC case volumes were only 8% of prior year, but in the fourth quarter they improved to 90% of fourth quarter 2019 levels. Our ability to recover quickly was due to the hard work and commitment of our partners and associates who ensured that our facilities continued to provide a safe environment for patients and staff. Of critical importance was the government relief funding that our hospitals and ASCs received at various times throughout the year. These funds, in addition to the changes we made into our dividend, retirement of our debentures at the end of 2019, and selling down our position in Unity Medical, allowed us to weather this unprecedented storm as well as we did. Despite the challenges of the pandemic, our balance sheet remains strong, as David will speak to in a moment. And as a result, we are better positioned to capitalize on growth opportunities as the recovery continues to unfold throughout 2021. I'll discuss this view further, as well as our outlook for the year later in the call. Now I would like to turn the call over to David to discuss our financial results for the quarter and the year.
3: Thanks, Rob, and good morning, everyone. As usual, a reminder that all dollar amounts expressed in today's call are in U.S. dollars, unless otherwise stated. I will discuss our fourth quarter and year-end financial performance, then provide an update on our balance sheet and liquidity. For the year, total revenue and other income from continuing operations was $389.9 million, down 2.1% from fiscal 2019. The 2020 figure included $26 million in government stimulus income received by our surgical hospitals and ASCs. The year-over-year decrease was primarily due to the decline in case volume especially earlier in the year when the pandemic forced facilities to reduce elective surgeries or temporarily cease operations. In addition to the pandemic affecting elective procedure volumes, the fourth quarter of 2019 included cases from Two Rivers and Central Arkansas Surgical Center, whereas the fourth quarter of 2020 did not. As Rob mentioned, we saw a dramatic rebound in case volumes in the back half of the year. However, they did not reach prior year levels. On a same SOAR basis, total surgical cases were down 7.1 percent, outpatient cases were down 8.8 percent, and inpatient cases declined 9.2 percent from the fourth quarter of 2019. Observation cases, on the other hand, increased by 26.8 percent. In the fourth quarter, we had total revenue and other income of $109.5 million, which included $2.4 million of government stimulus income. This was 3.9% lower than the same period last year. Excluding transaction costs on the sale to controlling interest in UMASH, adjusted EBITDA for 2020 was $96.1 million. This is a decrease of 0.2% from prior year adjusted EBITDA, excluding the $22 million non-cash goodwill impairment charge. As a percentage of revenue, adjusted EBITDA in 2020 improved to 24.7% compared to 24.2% in 2019. In the fourth quarter, we had EBITDA of 28.4 million, down 13.1% from the fourth quarter of last year. Our EBITDA margin for the quarter decreased to 26% 26 of revenue from 28.7% in 2019. The decline was mainly due to lower case volumes, which translated to lower income from operations at most of the facilities. For the year, cash available for distribution totaled $40 million Canadian dollars, resulting in a payout ratio of 21.8%. And for the quarter, we had cash available for distribution of $10.1 million Canadian dollars, resulting in a payout ratio of 21.5%. Importantly, despite the challenges of the pandemic and largely the result of decisions we made in the months leading up to the pandemic, we have a very strong balance sheet as of year end. At the year end, our corporate debt outstanding stood at 38 million, down from 84.8 million dollars at the end of 2019. On a consolidated basis, total long-term debt, excluding lease liabilities, decreased by 53.7 million to 97.7 million dollars, and cash and cash equivalents totaled 66.2 million dollars. 23.2 million dollars of the cash balance represents advances from Medicare that will be offset against future billings. Our net debt to EBITDA's of year-end was 0.33. At year-end consolidated net working capital declined to $45 million compared to 71.5 million million the year before. The change resulted from the sale of the controlling interest in UMASH in February of 2020 and its underlying real estate assets in June, as well as the payer advances and government stimulus funds repayable, recognized in current liabilities. This was partly offset by the receipt of government stimulus funds by the facilities and cash proceeds from the UMASH sale transactions. As of year end, we had cash and cash equivalents of 66.2 and $112 million available on our $150 million credit facility. This concludes my financial review. For additional detail on our financial results, including specific results for each facility, please refer to our md I would now like to turn the call back to Rob to provide a few comments on our outlook before we open the call for questions.
2: Thanks, David. Last September, we announced the opening of St. Luke's Surgery Center, Chesterfield in Missouri. This is a de novo ASC and offers six specialties, including orthopedics, gynecology, GI, plastic surgery, and general surgery. We're happy with the early performance of the St. Luke's ASC and expect cases to continue to ramp up throughout 2021. Ambulatory surgery centers are an important part of our growth thesis, whether through acquisition or development of new centers. Ambulatory care is one of the fastest growing and higher margin segments of the United States healthcare care industry. Patients prefer the accessibility and lower costs afforded by ASCs.
1: And on top of that, the pressure on acute care
2: hospitals during the pandemic highlighted the important role that ASCs can play in the healthcare landscape by providing an alternative and safe site for a growing list of surgical procedures. MFC is well aligned with the expected growth in the ASC space. Our balance sheet remains strong, and we are well positioned to capitalize on potential market opportunities. We believe that there is even more opportunity coming out of COVID, and we have a robust pipeline of acquisition targets and potential de novo projects that we continue to review. With that, we would now like to open the line for questions. Operator?
1: Thank you. At this time, I would like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster Your first question comes from Andre Lino of National Bank. Your line is over
5: hi uh good morning uh and uh, congrats on the, the recovery of volumes in q four uh I, I a a couple of questions uh i mean first i'll i'll uh start uh rob you mentioned in your prepared remarks that there were some case uh, surgeries postponed in q four I was wondering if you can talk a little bit more about them uh, in the sense that if we were to normalize Q4 results from these, uh, where would your overall case volume be in Q4? How quickly do you think these cases will be rescheduled or have any of them already?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, Andrea, and thank you and good morning. Uh, so we're, we're really talking about patients who uh, are reticent to come to come for either a clinic visit or even uh, have surgery. You know we've seen uh you know as, as we've talked about the ebb and flow and actually more the, the uh, flow of COVID through the fourth quarter we know those cases are there uh, our facilities and, and we are, and really can't measure that but we know it's there just uh episodically so coming out of COVID and as the vaccines roll out you know we expect that to uh to return it's hard to calculate exactly what that is but we do know there is some some demand in some cases now i'll tell you for the most part those who truly needed you know urgent uh, care and uh, and treatment got it uh, but there'll be there'll be some deferred care and we're we're not alone in that i think every every healthcare system is in the same boat with that
5: okay uh great thank you uh, my second question is that uh, uh i mean you you also mentioned in the prepared remark but the uh, prepared remark but it was also uh a bit uh, touched upon in the q three call. Is that uh, of the possibility of uh, picking up cases uh, from from uh, acute care hospitals? Uh, was this the case in Q4? I mean, do you think you saw any uh, volumes because of that? And does this still hold true for uh, 2021 since the pandemic sort of you know recedes and fades?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, it was the case in Q4. Uh, cert- some hospitals were limiting elective cases and scheduled cases uh, as as COVID. Uh, Admissions increase in their facilities. We did have uh, a number of our facilities that benefited from physicians, even those that were employed by other health systems that brought cases to our facilities. The experience was uh, was outstanding. The patient uh, satisfaction was extremely high, and you know, comments that we received is that the, the, they'd like to continue to do that. So don't really uh, have any uh, com- you know numbers to put to that going forward but it was a positive experience. and As we called out in our ASC space, the same thing applied to the ASCs. Where those cases couldn't get done in a hospital, uh, we did get a benefit in the ASC space.
5: Uh, great. Thank you very much. And the uh, last one for me, I'll uh, jump to the queue, but uh, if you can talk a little bit about uh, OSH, I mean, uh, w- what, what what was happening there? I mean, you had revenue down, but uh, expenses were up, and then they had this default on the on their on their debt, I mean, first of all, what's happening there? Then, what is the outlook uh, for, for that hospital in Q1 or for the rest of 2021?
3: Yeah, hey, Andrew, it's David. So in in Q4, um, you know, OSHA had weak volume; they were down about nine percent. That corresponded to about a 10 percent drop in their revenue. And on the expense side, you know, they've seen um, they've they've had fairly high. Uh, health benefits expense uh, primarily covid related and that had a, an impact on the quarter consequently you know when you look at the uh the results for the quarter, it had an impact on their ability to you know they meet their covenants they trip to the covenant and uh as a result of that they paid down the debt subsequent to year end
5: okay uh, great thank you so how how does the situation look then uh now in uh, Oklahoma has it improved at all or does it Continue to be similar to before.
2: No, I think you know this is a single. Again, this is primarily, uh, predominantly a spine hospital with, with orthopedics. Uh, the outlook, you know, I think we we think we're very optimistic on that. It will return. You know, COVID uh, was a big issue here, so coming out of of all of that, you know, the the outlook for Osh, we're very optimistic will return and and be back to back to normal.
5: Okay, great. Thank you very much. I'll uh, jump Mm in too. Thank you.
1: Again, if you would like to ask a question, press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. There are no further questions. I will now return the call to Mr. Horan for closing comments.
2: Thank you for joining us on today's call and for your continued interest in MFC. As always, we look forward to reporting on our progress again next quarter. Thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect